and kept safe during this time? Um, so right at the beginning, you know, we had a routine like everybody else. You know, we spent a lot of time in the kitchen, you know, baking and cooking. And I had a, you know, like a, a training schedule for everybody. Um, and by day 14, you know, <laughs> I think I was the only one that actually kept to that routine. Um <laughs> Yeah, but I think, you know, what has really kept us um, healthy and safe is just to, 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 to see it as not being locked up at your house, mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. stuck at home, but rather safe. Yeah. You know, and, and, and my son is eight years old, so we also try to, um, to constantly talk to him about it and how he feels about the lockdown and about the virus and all of that. Um, but, yeah, we just try to, you know, to stay at home and stick to all I started work on the 25th of May, mm-hmm. um, and at first I was a little bit anxious, um, but yeah, I just, you know, my mom gave me a whole list of things to do, like drink every morning uh, garlic water, <laughs> and it is <laughs> terrible, you know, all these, um, you know, uh, advice and all of that, uh, you know, really kept us. Um, you know, safe and, and healthy, mm-hmm. and, and we just try to keep our immune systems, you know... Um, strong and functioning. Strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that you're a very yeah. outdoorsy person, so being, I guess, confined to your house um, and your garden, uh, and that's it, did that play on your mind a little bit? Yes, yes, yes. It, 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 I would every... Thursday would be our garbage day, and that would be such a, you know, like me just to go outside the gate. And even if I'm there for two minutes too long, I would see, you know, the um, the street patrol guys walking up and down. I'm like, okay, don't worry, don't worry. I'm just the I will be back in the house again. <laughs> but also, it gave me a, a time to catch up with. You know, sometimes we don't have time, mm. right? Mm. <laughs> or are caught up in our daily lives and whatnot. And it really gave me time, you know, to go on a Skype call, Zoom meeting, and all of that, just to catch up with friends and family that I haven't spoken to in such a long time. Um, but yeah, it was also very nice just to be outdoors, uh, even if it's just a walk to the gate and back, mm. um, and just see, see some other faces, you know, even though it's people driving in their cars up and down. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that was... An unfamiliar face that you didn't even think you'd be happy to see. <laughs> <laughs> life, life outside of your exactly. house. Yeah. Exactly. Like, my sister she, she dressed up to take the bin out. Like, what can I wear? You know, what shoes? What outfit? Yeah. Just to venture <laughs> yeah. to the gate. Yeah, yeah, no. It, yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was an event. And also going out to, to shopping, mm-hmm. you know, it was mm-hmm. for me, it was like a treat, man. Just yeah. an hour or so to get out of the house, just to walk down the aisles in, you know, in pick and pay and just to stare at everybody. But, um, yeah, you know, we kind of found our own mechanisms, you know, coping mechanisms. Um, But, you know, in the end, you know, every morning I just say thank you that I'm still healthy, that my family is healthy, um, that we all are doing well. And slowly but surely we will get back to... um, to normal, albeit a new normal. Yes, this new normal that we're talking about. Did you use a time when you talk about your Skype calls to connect with uh, those that you know uh, beyond South Africa's borders, so internationally? 
Yes, yes. So I have uh, friends in in the U.S. and also friends in in you know in Europe. And at that time, at the time when they were struggling, you know, and and South Africa, we were still, you know, uh, we haven't been in lockdown yet. So I spoke to a friend of mine, and she was telling me um, how it's so difficult. You can't go out to the shops, and you have to be, you know, indoors as well. And she said, you know what? Even before you guys get to that level, already start practicing that now. Um, and so when we went into lockdown, you know, I could tap into their um, experiences mm. and just ask, listen, what did you guys do? You know, you also have small kids. How did you entertain them? You know, even though I only have one son, but it sometimes feels like it's seven of yes, them. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it was also nice just to, to talk to other people and, 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 and especially for those that have already gone through it, you know. Um, and it was also nice to see how they were trying to keep fit during lockdown because that was yeah. for me something very very difficult How i would you still i didn't do I it, said, Geraldine? i mean yes you've left the track uh, professionally but how do you still yeah. keep that routine how do you look the same as when i was reporting from the track how <laughs> okay so I, I i'm very i'm i'm very fortunate to have a few equipment here you know jimmy equipment so i have a um, a bike. I have an ergo machine. I also have a, um, a skipping rope mm-hmm. and I have a few dumbbells. So I just walk, worked out rather a, a routine because also I still have athletes that I coach. So I still had to, you know, to keep in contact with them mm-hmm. and then I would do something and then like, I don't know, I don't, we don't know how to do it. So I then had to uh, record myself and then send it to them and this is, this is how you are doing it. And also I found that as soon as I start training, I am less anxious less depressed um, so you know and I feel um, happier yeah. you know feel good. about Those life and about feel good I, you know that feel good hormones yeah. yes yeah. and um, that is why I also try to encourage you know other athletes uh, high school athletes professional athletes you know just try to keep yourself busy even though it cannot be to the same extent that you would normally do it but if but if you can, just it. try to keep yeah. keep yourself busy because that endorphins, you know, we don't know how how important they are until we stop training and we start just, you know, you just become so overwhelmed by everything that is happening around you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just try to keep some some kind of normalcy within this, you know, abnormal mm-hmm. uh, situation that, uh, that, you know, that we find ourselves in. I know that... In one conversation you and I had, you said that as a young Geraldine, you were dreaming of eating hamburgs in Hamburg and Vienna's in Vienna. Oh, you remember! <laughs> I would never forget that. Um, and you were always dreaming. You were always dreaming of a life outside uh, of where you come from. You always had, I guess, this inkling that uh, your life and what it is you'd become would take you beyond South Africa's borders. What did you... What was always on, on on the bucket list to do? Was athletics number one, or did you have something else there? Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? We would always just, you know, dream of of flying and being at um, in Paris at the Eiffel Tower and all and and, and 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 New York and all of that. And I knew as a young, you know, teenage girl from Macassar 
actually not going to be possible because unfortunately, you know, we were not by the means financially mm. for me to travel. So when I started doing athletics and I had a little bit more interaction with athletes that were already established and were already traveling and they were talking about, no, we're going to Europe. I'm like, Europe, what are you going to even do? Mm-hmm. They said, no, we will travel in Europe for four months of the year and you spend two to three uh, days in a country and, and all of that. And my big dream was always i always wanted to go to new york city the big apple mm. i don't know why they call it the big apple <laughs> um, i'm still trying to find the big apple but for me it was just the statue of liberty and all these amazing things that i've seen on tv and 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 all of that and um even before athletics i did uh, a stint as an au pair um, in 2001 until 2002. And during my stay in Massachusetts, I had an opportunity to go to New York City, actually mm-hmm. for my birthday. And it was the same year, fortunately, that Aliyah passed away in a in a car crash in the Bahamas. I would never forget that. It was on my birthday on the 25th of August in the year 2001. Um, and that to me was just amazing because I read and I saw so many things that this is that never sleeps. And true as Bob, it was 2 o'clock in the morning and we were coming back from uh, our club and we, we were celebrating my birthday and guys were doing construction work. And mm-hmm. that to me was just just amazing. And it was so cool because it was the same friends that we would always dream about having champagne here and yeah, Hamburg, yeah. Hamburg in, <laughs> you know. It was with Danville and, and Avron. And I said to them, here we are. Three kids from from Macassar celebrating one's birthday in the Big Apple, mm, you know. Mm. So, and after athletics, that also just opened more ideas and more dreams. And I want to go to the Big Ben. I want to be in London. I want yeah. to, um, you know, and countries that I've never ever heard of, like Estonia and Latvia and Lithuania. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so those were all the countries. And I thought to myself. It, it started by, you know what, I first had to get out of Macassar. I went to have an au pair. I said, I'm coming back to New York. When I come back, I'm, I'm coming back as a South African athlete. Mm. And uh, four years later, I competed there um, at the Adidas Classic um, in New York City. Um, so, yeah. It is, and I thought to myself, what? <laughs> if somebody had told me this, this is what's going to happen. I would never, never, never ever have believed it. But um, and that is why I always want to go back to my to my hometown and encourage young boys and girls to dream, man. Mm. Just it costs dream you nothing, and, and go go it. for it. You know. Yes, and everything is possible. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, I, I I always tell them, you are your only limitation. You know, and if you don't dream. And and watch TV and just fill your mind with things that will lead you eventually mm, to mm. where you would like to be. You know, I, I, I always joke like? with them. I say to them, there is more to the N2 yeah. than just Somerset <laughs> with more. There is more to the N2. Yes, I love get it. Out. I love it. Yeah, just keep going. Keep going on the N2. Just keep going. Just keep going on the N2. There is more to that than, than just the uh, Somerset more. <laughs> Who introduced you to, to athletics? Or is it something that r- runs in your family? Is is everyone sporty? Um, no, not really. I would think um, for my cousins, you know, my first cousins, I'm the only person 
um, you know, that have excelled in athletics and all of that. Um, I take after my dad when he was at school level. He was a phenomenal athlete and also a phenomenal rugby player. Um, but I would think that my cousin's kids, you know, the next generation of players, they are the ones that are showing a little bit more potential than, mm. you know, their, their moms and their dads. And that is really good. So everybody's saying, like, oh, they're going to run like their, their, you know, like their auntie, like their cousin, Geraldine. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I was the, I was the only one, um, you know, within my family. I think the, the others also had potential, but they, they never really, um, how can I say, worked on it, you know. Mm. They thought that athletics is just at school level. There's no real future um, in sport for anybody in South Africa. You need, you need a real job and, you know, to, to earn real money and all of that. So I think um, as soon as they left school, there was no real interest to pursue a career, mm. you know, in sport. And I think, therefore, it also just kind of... Did your, um, you know, died out. Did your family support you on this journey? Because like you said, sport is really an extramural activity. It isn't really something that I guess if you take a look at the older generation or our parents' generation, something where they're perhaps yeah. pushing you to say, yes, go in that direction. It's more like um, study, study hard, be a doctor, be a lawyer, yes. as opposed to, yeah. to choosing sports. So did your parents understand that as you break the mold and you're doing something new and different, not done in the family, that, I mean, mm-hmm. was, it, was it some resistance or was it really encouragement from their part? Um, I would say at the beginning it was not. When I finished matric and my my dad said, now <laughs> you need to go and study computer computer programming. Um, so I was enrolled at Peninsula uh, Technicon uh, for a national diploma in information technology. And I hated every minute of it. But my dad to told me. That was, uh, so I matriculated in 1995, so that was 96. So my dad, he was a visionary. (laughs) (laughs) He he said to me, computers are going to take over the world. Mm -hmm. So you need to forget about this running. You know, it was only at school level, so now you need to go and... um, study and, and so you can, you know, uh, have a big office, the corner offers and the whatnot. Um, so I spent three years of my life studying, com, you know, computer programming. And in my final year, when I had to do my in-service training, mm-hmm. I decided that, you know, there was a strong longing and a strong yearning for me just to go back to the track. I really loved it. So we were very close to uh, Greenpoint Stadium. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was 99 when uh, we had the engine series. So it was Marion Jones and all those guys that came to South Africa yeah. um, to compete. And I snuck in there into Greenpoint Stadium about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. No one was there except for the people that making sure that, you know, it's, it's ready, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we saw the SABC, um, you know, the the van. And, you know, all of that. That day, I decided, I'm going to the next Olympics. Wow. How I'm going to get there, how, what I'm going to do, but I'm going. So the following year, I said to my dad, um, I'm done. You know what? I want to go to the States. I want to do, I want to go as an OK, because I believed if I go to the States, this is where I'm going to, um, you know, develop my athletic ability, you know, have, you know, access to real coaches and all of that. So it was that conversation did not go well with my father, you know, because mm-hmm. he was like, you spent four years studying and now that you're about to go and, and, and work and earn money <laughs> and, and pay your taxes. <laughs> you want to go and look after kids because you want to run for a living? 
And I said to him, yes, this is what I want to do. I was too late for I really want you, Um, you know, to look after me and pray for me. But yes, so I had everything planned out and everything written down. And I told my dad this plan for the next five years. Um, And he at first was not, you know, he didn't think that this is like you, not even the right age, because first of all, that the age that you are at, People normally retire. You're 23 years old, turning 24, and you want to start out as a as a uh, a professional athlete. Mm. That's not going to happen. Um, but long story short, anyway. So then, yeah, I went to the states. I then joined the club there, and um, yeah, I came back to South Africa, and I started running professionally in 2002. That is an amazing story. That story should be documented <laughs> in a book so that when we pick it up, we get all the, you know, the little bits, like you said, uh, you know, cutting yeah. a long story short. Um, and coming back uh, and being the success that you are, did they, yes, I know, like you said, your dad wasn't too happy, but I mean, now when he looks back at what it is that you've achieved, I'm sure your medals are mm-hmm. at your parents' house and not your house. Yes, yes, no, definitely. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a big, big, big frame. Um, I think once my dad uh, saw that I was really serious about this and I was very, very dedicated and committed to this goal, um, he kind of bought into the idea. Um, uh, so when I came back from the state, so the I flew on the Friday and the Saturday prior to that, I competed in an indoor meet, and I tore my hamstring. Mm-hmm. So that was also just another blow to, you know, coming back to South Africa right into our season and all of that. But then already see um, how my dad had turned, the tides had turned, and, yeah. and, and he was a little bit more, um, you know, supportive, and he would go with me to the track, and he would go with me um, to to events, and... Um, but you could see that I was serious about it. This was not just my way of trying to get out of um, working in an office. (laughs) 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 You know, and and, and all of that, you could see that, you know, and I said to him, I'm not going, um, part of my journey to get to Athens, I had to go to the States. Mm -hmm. I couldn't go there on my ace. Um, I had to go via a program where I was going to be supported by a family. You know, yeah. where I will, it's like a, you know, like a work, a earn while you learn type of situation. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I could also study while I was there. I had to do, as part of the program, I had to do like 40, 48 hours of college uh, tuition. Um, so I think you could see that I was, I was serious about what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. you know. And then, they, you know, he started, you know, the sport started and... Um, and it was just amazing, you know, when I had everybody on, on board, my family, uh, my mom, my dad, my grandfather and everybody. It was just so amazing. It was like a friggin' mountain of stress lifted off my shoulders and I mm. could just focus on training and focus on making the team. Was there ever a moment, was there ever a moment where you did no longer want to do what it is you chose to do and give up on athletics? A pardon? Can you repeat? So I said, was there ever a moment where you wanted to give up? Oh yeah! Oh my goodness! There was there were so many moments when you know I just wanted to give up and said, you know what? There's such an easy out there where you don't have to put your body um, and your mind through such a lot of stress. 
uh, where you try to step onto the line and, you know, you, or the nerves and uh, the disappointment after not winning, uh, when everybody else thought that you, you know, you would win. Um, and then there was also moments where, you know, you are fighting the administration. And then mm. I, this is what I, I envisioned, you know, I thought if I'm going to run professionally, it's just going to be all, you know, very nice and smooth sailing. Um, and when you had to fight about uh, selection criteria and, 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 and the unfairness of it. So there were many, many days where I thought to myself, you know what, it's so easy just to pack up, leave everything, and go back to being a, pro- a computer programmer. Did you but because of my not running in South Africa, perhaps running for another country? That was always that was always my you know I thought you know what I can just move move away from this all this drama because there was a time when all the oil rich countries mm-hmm. like Dubai and yes, Saudis yes, and they, they were coaching yes so they were really looking for you know good athletes female athletes and you know. So that was definitely an option, but I then thought to myself, no, man, you know, um, my blood is green and gold. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot do that. Yeah. And so it's also then you had to change your surname. So it was a whole process, you know, and, and I have spoken to other athletes that have done that before. There were some Nigerian athletes that, you know, switched um, allegiance with uh um, Tunisia or with um, Bahrain and all of that. And yes, the money was definitely very, very, very attractive. Um, but then I thought to myself, no, man, I don't want to change my surname. I don't. And you also had to stay there. So it was just too many things. I'm thought to myself, ooh, imagine having this conversation with my father. Like, first of all, <laughs> now you want to change nationality because you want to run for a different country. <laughs> No, that we're not having that. And I also thought to myself, you know what, whatever I'm going to do now, maybe I won't be the one who will benefit from it. Uh, but, you know, there are athletes that are coming after me, and hopefully, you know, it would be some of my family members would, would come after me. And for all the struggles that we had to struggle back then, hopefully by now it would be, you know, it would be easier for but them to But is it? But is it easy? Because we're still talking about transformation, Geraldine. We're still talking about yes. color uh, in this day and age. Uh, it's still there. It's still rife. While you might have felt or feel like you fought one particular fight, I think today's generation yes. of athletes definitely feel they too still have to fight. Fight. Yeah, and that is so frustrating, eh? And I said, why are we still having this conversation um, about equality and transformation within, and you know, in the boardroom? And when I talk about the boardroom within the federation, um, and also on the field. Uh, so, what was all this? You know, if if you don't do X and Y, we're not going to compete. We, you know. Um, so, I think this is just going to be. I hope it's going to end at some point. Um, and where we don't have this conversation anymore, and where we are celebrating um, all of the, the, you know, the females in in, in top positions within our uh, sporting structures in the country, and not just the secretaries and the treasurers and all of that, but actually the presidents and the vice presidents of of big federations and even the Olympic, um, uh, you know, the Olympic body, but. Um, yeah, so I, so I I decided no man, let me let me let me stay in South Africa and let me you know and see where I can make a difference 
if not now, maybe later. Mm. <laughs> later in my career as a coach. We'll get to the difference that you make and the athletes that you work with. But when it is that you boarded the flight, and like you said, that day when you had that vision out at Greenpoint Stadium, you said you're going to an Olympics. Uh, Yes. Then you do just what you said you would. And is it an out-of-body experience when you're now a part of, the chosen few, you're going to represent South Africa. Just take me through that because I'm sure it's a moment that never dies. I'm sure it's a moment that in your mind you can rehash and re. It's almost like play, rewind, fast forward. You can do that with that moment because I'm sure it's a surreal moment, you know, from, from where you said you were going to then yeah. accomplishing yeah. that. Yes, no, definitely. Um, I remember we were in the DRC. Um, we were doing, it was the African Championships at the time. Um, so while we were there, they already announced the team, you know, here in Johannesburg. Um, and we were waited. And when the team was released, oh, my name is not true. You know, this is not true. There must be something. You know, you know what Saskatchewan, there always, there's always <laughs> something. Maybe there was a typo or something. <laughs> or something. Um, so the whole time I was being excited. I couldn't, I couldn't contain myself. Also, I was like, what if this is just not mm-hmm. true? Mm. But I, I will not forget our boarding was flight 2004. Mm. When I stepped on the plane, I realized there's no way. Nobody is coming here and taking me off this plane. There is nothing that anybody can do now. And when we landed in Athens and I saw this Olympic vibe and energy and it was just phenomenal, I thought to myself, Geraldine, how this all started in April 1999 at Greenpoint Stadium. And here you are, five years later, wearing the green and gold, walking into the arena as part of the opening ceremony for Team South Africa. It was crazy. I still, I still get goosebumps, so right? And when I talk me. about it, when I talk about it, and I understand, you know, the journey, the you know, the ups and downs it has taken me to to get to that moment. I can understand why athletes get emotional and why they cry, because it's it's it, because you all those flashbacks come back to you, and you think about just like this. I could not have done this if it was not for A, B, C, D, and E. You know. Um, and I always tell, I always tell athletes or any young person, I'm like, if you put your mind to it, right? If you put your mind and you start working and you are dedicated and committed to your goal, then nothing can stop you. Yeah. I stood there taking photos, you know, in the opening ceremony. And I thought to myself, reflected Macy J. Van Makassa, and here you are in Athens, where the Olympic Games started way back. And that was also so special. It was such a historic moment, you know. Um, and it was just so amazing. Mm-hmm. And every time I really need a uh, lift me upper, yeah. <laughs> I think about that, man. And when I think that, just like, I can't do this, I, I, I don't feel like doing this. I just take myself back to in 1999 when you made a decision. You made a commitment to yourself. And you said, this is what I want to achieve. And to some people, it was like, 
you you are crazy. There is no way. You want to go to the Olympic Games? There's no way you can do that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, no, for me, it is just, it, it's really a surreal moment. It's like something that you can never, never forget. Yeah. And whenever I think about it or even talk about it, I still get goosebumps. I still get a little bit, I tear up a little bit yeah. because it takes me back to that moment when I made that decision until where I was walking out with the rest of Team South Africa. Oh, into an the amazing arena. story. That is amazing. <laughs> I mean, that's what dreams are made of. Uh, what did your dad have to say at that point? <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, Waterworks. He was mm. he was the minister of Waterworks. Cried because he was just so he was so proud. When I phoned him um, to share the news with him, yeah. um, I spoke to him first, and I said to him, "Dad, you will you." Mm-hmm. said to me, what, what, what is going on? I said, I'm going to Athens. I'm going to the Olympic Games as a representative of Team South Africa. And my dad, my mom, my little phone, she took the phone, phone like, oh, you're by, you're little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but for me, that was also like, you know, it was just a, a, a yeah, and. Unreal, unreal moment. Definitely unreal. How do you raise your son? Does he know the greatness of, of Geraldine Pelé and where you've been and what it is you've done? <laughs> so this is actually so funny. When he was in grade R, uh, they had inter, inter-house athletics, you know. Obviously, everybody... Uh, it's like, oh, Geraldine, Geraldine. So I took him with me to training. So every day he would go with me to training, but he would just play around and whatever. And like, no, 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 come, we must, must practice your start and we must practice this, that, and the other. And anyway, so his first introduction to athletics is not a very good memory for him. So he was, he was last, right? And then afterwards, I had to console him and I said, you know what, I... When I was in grade one, I also didn't win my inter-house, but I went on to represent South Africa. And in his five-year-old mind, he didn't get because everybody else got a medal and he didn't get a medal. Okay. So we had to go to Woolies and buy this chocolate medal. Yeah. But it, so a year later, he had to do a, a speech about uh, his family. And I made sure that in that speech was a mention of <laughs> mom going to... <laughs> Nothing wrong, nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah, going to the Olympic Games, and I showed him my pictures, you know, where I was at the Olympic Games. And every time he would ask me, have you been to China, Mom? I was like, yes, I've been to China. What did you do there? I went to, uh, I ran there. Mm-hmm. And I, we, we prepared, and uh, you know, for 2008 Olympic Games and, and all of that. Um, and even though he doesn't like running, he doesn't like athletics, he doesn't like, oh, he loves cricket. Thank goodness for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still try, you know, when Eddie comes to me, it's like, I can't do that. I want to get a fit. I said to him, that is one word you need to take out of your mm-hmm. vocabulary. Mm-hmm. There is no such as can't. You must, you can, and mm-hmm. you will try, and you will do whatever. But yet he knows that I've been to the Olympic Games, and he sometimes wants to know, why were you on TV? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was on TV. Uh, because people think I know a little bit about athletics and they want to talk to me about that. But uh, yeah, no, no, no. He knows the <laughs> he knows the the, um, the story. He knows that I was a um, a professional athlete, and I don't think it really like oh, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Play play you... play, uh, play station game now. <laughs> but <laughs> so I it think, has sunk in. Well, well, yeah, when he's older, when he's older, I think he'll have a 
a better understanding and hopefully you'll ask me more questions so I can, you know. If you could um, wave a magic wand. Share my journey. <laughs> if you had a magic wand and you could wave that at athletics, what? where would you want the magic to fall? Which departments would you like to see change? Oh, I would definitely like to see the administration mm-hmm. change. I think that is uh, that, that is where we lose a lot of hopefuls, you know, because of bad choices that were made by the administrators. I would definitely like to see um, a, a woman taking over the reins at Athletics South Africa um, and possibly even, you know, internationally um, at the IAAF or World Athletics as they are now would you, known. Would you raise your hand for something uh, like that? Pardon? Would you raise your hand for a position like that? Um, yes, I would definitely. I think I'm 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 ready, and I, I'm a little bit more mature now. Uh, a couple of years ago, when I was on the board of athletics, I was you know, just newly off the track, and um, you know, very radical, and uh, yeah. So I didn't really understand, um, and I want to say quote unquote politics okay. of sport, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I, I just thought as a, as a former athlete, you know, we're going to change the whole, you know, landscape of athletics in South Africa and we're going to do this, that and the other. And unfortunately, it doesn't work like that, you know. Mm. And I think I have learned a lot. I have learned um, by serving on other bodies. I have learned how, how, it, how it works, how the, you know, the, la- the, the lay of the land. Yes. 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 Um, and... Yeah, and I think I would definitely want to put my hand up for a position um, like that, mm. um, and also to give other other women, other administrators in sport, an opportunity, or also to know that listen, this is possible. It's not just a male-dominated uh, world, and 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 we are just there as additional members, mm. and uh, we are just there to make sure that all the boxes are ticked. Um, but yes, I would definitely. Like I said, I'm a little bit older now. I'm a little bit wiser. Yes. <laughs> and not as radical. And, uh, you know, we, we're going to fight, 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 fight. But yeah, you can fight, but you just have to fight the right way. That's it. So what do you do now? Um, now that I, I want to say athletics is behind you, but it isn't really because it is still a part of what you do uh, on a daily basis. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I am um, what they call the MIC, which is the head of athletics at St. Benedict's College. Um, I coached uh, part-time, oh, not part-time, uh, private um, as well. So after school, I would go to Germison uh, Stadium, and there uh, boys and girls from all walks of life um, and from various age groups that, yeah, that I coach. And normally uh, in August, I go to to my hometown, and that is where I then have a, you know, a series of coaching clinics and also like a career day and just to help inspire and, uh, and uplift and guide our young boys and girls into a direction where, you know, they can, you know, be better mm-hmm. and um, develop themselves. Um, yeah, so um, athletics is, I think it has, it will always be a part of me. Um, I... You know, I don't think I would ever want to be not a part of athletics, uh, be it in uh, a coaching, um, you know, a coaching position or as an administrator or, 
a broadcaster, or whatever the case may be. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I am at St. Benedict's College, um, and it's very difficult now, especially um, that we cannot play. You know, mm. we cannot do we cannot do sport. But the beauty of athletics is that you know you can use your athletic ability to build on other sporting codes like rugby and soccer. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, we work on fitness now um, and so our sessions are more PE, like the old physical education. Um, it's more structured like that now so we don't focus on a specific uh, sport but look at a holistic, um, you know, approach mm. to getting the athlete um, fit and softer. Uh, we work a lot on their core stability um, so when we do come back, uh, hopefully, in September or, or October um, and resume sport, then we have stronger boys. You know, we have fa- faster boys and fitter boys. Yeah. Um, and then they will be able to just work on their skills in terms of rugby, soccer or cricket. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are MVP today. We're celebrating you here on the Touchline. It is Women's Month. And then the irony of it all is your birthday is on the 25th of August. So kind of double whammy. Do you celebrate Women's Month and then also coupled with your birthday, a a big celebration? Yes, yes, yes. yes. I'm a sucker for birthdays, especially if it's mine. (laughs) Um, And that is why why I always, you know, um, in August... I, I go and I and I give back to my community. I do it uh, August and December. So August is because of um, my birthday as well as okay. Women's okay. Month. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I am I'm very excited. And even though I won't be able to be in in Macassar, I'm still trying to do um, you know something remotely for them. Or if not, I will do something here. But I have to do something here within my community or at church. But I always believe in giving back, whether it's your time, money, experiences, expertise, doesn't matter. Time is something that you cannot, you know, you cannot buy. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. somebody gives you their time, it's a, it's, a, it's a sign of their, you know, like they appreciate you and they mm-hmm. think that you are special and that is why they're offering their time. So, yeah, so I really want to do something. Um, and it's a pity that I cannot do it um, in Makassar Physically, this year. Yes. But in December. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, we thank you for your time today. I feel special <laughs> for you having dedicated oh, almost an hour to us here at Radio 2000s. We <laughs> celebrate you. We appreciate you and definitely salute you for all the hard work that she has done on the track as well as off in the name of athletics. So Geraldine Pelevaret is our MVP here on the show today. And uh, I was about to say, I hope as much as her son had that um, sports day or inter-house, I'm so happy that the mommies didn't have that race. Because, you know, usually the mommies have the race and then they all compete. But then with Geraldine... (laughs) In the mommies race. I mean, all the other mommies would not have stood a chance. Um, a beautiful interview there with a beautiful person. And nice to know that uh, Macassar, where she's from in the Western Cape, is um, a place close to her heart where she goes back to give back to the young boys and girls uh, for them to be able to reach their dreams uh, if it is that they want to eat hamburgers in Hamburg and Vienna's in Vienna.